it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I'd pay for vacations with whatever was in my wallet, but I was missing out on miles I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet, finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. If you're listening to Investing for Beginners, then you probably care about money and learning how to make a good relationship with your finances. Everyone's Talking Money is hosted by money wellness expert and certified financial planner, Shauna Game. Everyone's Talking Money focuses on relevant, inclusive, and forward-thinking conversations around money. Hear about the money topics you need to know, such as ways to train your brain to reach money goals, why you should ditch your budget and start tracking your cash, and everything you need to know about paying off student loans. Simple steps to start investing as a side hustle, ways to invest in rental real estate, how to overcome money trauma, and so much more. With over 900 episodes, there's a show for any and every money question you have. I'm a big fan of Shauna's as well. She has a relatable style and soothing voice that takes some of the stress surrounding money. Shauna really speaks to the listener and never ends in an episode without actionable tips. I recently listened to the episode, Stop Stressing Over Your Money, a simple budgeting solution, where she talks about her simple, easy one, two, three system for budgeting. It helped me a lot. Are you ready to learn everything about money that no one has taught you? Do yourself a favor and subscribe to Everyone's Talking Money podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. I love this podcast because it crushes your dreams of getting rich quick. They actually got me into reading stats for anything. You're tuned in to the Investing for Beginners podcast. Led by Andrew Sather and Dave Ahern. Step-by-step premium investing guidance for beginners. Your path to financial freedom starts now. Starts now. All right, folks, welcome to Investing for Beginners podcast. Today, we have a special show. We have two wonderful women with us that are going to talk about investing. We have Michelle Markey and Sina Lonholt from the Investing Mastermind podcast. They're joining us from New Jersey and Denmark, So, and I'm in Brazil. So this is kind of an, a fun international flavor podcast today. So Michelle and Sina, thank you very much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. And we're looking forward to our conversation. So we had this great little chat earlier. Michelle, you're kind of explaining how you how you started the podcast and how you and Sina met. So maybe we could kind of start there and then we can kind of go from there. Sure. Well, thank you so much, Dave and Andrew, for having us. It's wonderful to speak with like-minded investors who want to help people to invest. And I think it's wonderful what you're doing too. And so part of what is Sina and I's backstory is that We both have learned about investing through similar sources, and I'll let Sina expand on that. But we found each other online about a year or so ago, and then we became inspired to attend the Berkshire Hathaway annual meeting in Omaha, Nebraska this past April, May. And then from there, we were like, what kinds of things can we do together to 
you know, continue to spread our love for investing to the world. And we thought that this podcast format would be a wonderful way for us to share what our investing learning journey has been like. And I just think that it's amazing to connect with Sina and, and it helps both of us become better investors because uh, techniques and perceptions about things we've read or studied can help not just us, but hopefully other people as well. And so I want to give it to Sina to elaborate on how we were brought up in investing, so to speak. Yeah, thank you so much. And, and thank you for, for inviting us to the show. We're thrilled about being here. And it's so important what you guys are doing, teaching everybody about value investing, because it's if everybody would just invest like Warren Buffett, Charlie Munger, that type of investing, the world, I believe, would be a better place. So the way Michelle and I got to learn about the style, the Buffett style of investing was because we both were influenced by Danielle Town and Phil Town. And that's pretty much how we learned about value investing. Both of us were speculating in the stock market at the time, trying out different theories. For me, I was really looking for a strategy that made sense. And I had done quite a few courses on technical analysis and all sorts of things. But it wasn't until I actually found the Buffett style investing where this is a strategy. It's not speculating and trying to predict what's going to happen in the future here. We actually do some homework and we are very, very focused on the risk aspect of investing. Of course, we want to see some reward as well, but we want to place those asymmetrical bets on risk and rewards where there's a very low risk and a and a very high reward in the end. Or like, I believe it's Monish that says, heads don't lose much and tails, I win a lot. So that's what we're trying to do. That's awesome. That's awesome. I, I love I love Danielle and Phil Talent. I've I've been listening to their show for years. And it's a, it's a great show and it's very inspirational. And hopefully someday I can have the same kinds of conversations with my daughter. She's 10. And right now she thinks investing is boring unless I talk about Roblox or Facebook or something like that. But other than that, she thinks it's boring. But so maybe someday I can, I can have the same conversation. So you obviously, you met at Berkshire Hathaway. So I guess tell, tell people about the, the meeting. I, I have not been able to attend one yet. Andrew was lucky enough to go a little while ago. So what were what were your experiences of the Berkshire meeting? Well, it's it's, uh, it's really much more much different than it, anybody would expect when you say investing and stocks. At least when I got back from the Berkshire Hathaway meeting, my colleagues were like, "How was it at the Wolf of Wall Street party?" <laughs> and I was shocked because that's what everybody thought when I said I was going to mm. go to to this place. That's what they actually thought I was going to do, <laughs> which couldn't be further from from the truth. truth. It's it's a very open and caring environment, I would say. And everybody is, and, and when I say caring, everybody cares about investing and everybody cares about us getting the most out of investing, teaching their mes- methods to everyone and just a general curiosity, you know, welcoming sense, even from huge investors that you wouldn't normally get to meet there open and welcome you to to a dialogue. So I, I thought it was such an amazing experience. And then all the fun of going into the to the marketplace next door. The meeting is is one day 
where Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger will do a several hour long QA. And it's pretty impressive that they still can do that in their 90s. But yeah, it's several hours. And then in the breaks, everybody goes to to the next door where all the Berkshire Hathaway, which is Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger's company, all of their vendors are in there and you can purchase everything from, a, I would say, a huge party boat to $1 ice cream lollipops. What about you, Michelle? What did you think about the meeting? I thought it was awesome. Like we met so many amazing investors that I was just, you know, jaw dropping in being a little bit starstruck of the amazing people we came across. And I know I could name drop a bunch of people that, you know, we were kind of being fangirls about like when we saw Becky Quick across the street and we ran up to her and we're like, could we take a picture with you? Or, you know, kind of running into a lot of well-known people like Whitney Tilson or Jamie Dimon or a bunch of really cool people. And especially some of our heroes, Monish Pabrai and Guy Spear. It was like a dream come true as well as, you know, just seeing the greats, Charlie Munger and Warren Buffett on stage. And I was somewhat sleep deprived on the actual day of the meeting. So it was a little bit hard for me to, you know, retain all of the juicy bits of wisdom from the two of them. But later on, after I got back from the meeting, I re-listened to the meeting. But during that day, you're just, you know, in this big adrenaline rush of who are all the people that you can meet and and kind of network with, because that's a big component of this kind of meeting is you're just running around seeing a lot of events and investors that have all come together in this mutual love for Buffett and Munger. And, you know, in getting to talk with some of them, you get to learn more about like specific strategies that some either firms or individual investors are employing. And it's just super amazing to be in this area of a lot of people who are very passionate about investing too. So it's, it's not a joke when Buffett says that this is the Woodstock for capitalists and, and everybody's just so warm and welcoming in Omaha and like it, it totally exceeded my expectations. So I highly recommend it to anyone who, you know, wants to be part of a bigger investing community. Yeah. And actually, you know, to your point, even just standing in line to go into the meeting, you, I, I had jet lag at the time coming from from Europe so at 2 a.m. I was I couldn't sleep anymore and so so I actually came into central Omaha to stand in line at 4 a.m. and just a meeting just sorry just meeting the people from all over the yeah the world there was people from Taiwan even so so very far away myself coming in from Denmark meeting people t- you know, speaking to them about their experience with investing and their experience with the Warren Buffett's type of of companies, it was a huge learning journey as well to to speak to to all of these people. And then, of course, Michelle and I got to to also meet in person, which was awesome. <laughs> when it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I'd pay for vacations with whatever was in my wallet, but I was missing out on miles I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. 
Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet, finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Budgeting was always a challenge for me. I struggled to find the best way to keep track of all of my money, not to mention all the time tracking down receipts, cataloging expenses, and trying to figure out what went wrong with my air quote system until Monarch Money. Monarch Money allowed me to easily see what is going on with my finances, helping me get a better handle on my spending, budgets, and more. It's my go-to app every day, more so than my bank, because I can quickly see where I am with my budgets and spending, allowing me to invest more and spend time on the things that I want to do. It's my GPS for money. Monarch is a top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all of your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com beginners. Unlike other personal finance apps, Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to set up, customize, and use. Monarch has built-in features to collaborate with your partner, family, or financial advisor. Invite them to your account at no extra cost, and they'll get their own login info and a joint view of all of your finances. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. Change the layout of your dashboard, toggle between light and dark mode, create custom budgets and notifications, set up automatic rules for transactions and notifications, and more. In fact, Monarch Money is one of the first to bring you direct Apple Card, Apple Cash, and savings syncing with the latest iOS 17.4 update. Now you can sync your wallet directly for seamless budgeting. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's a top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com beginners. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash beginners for your extended 30-day free trial. Well, that's that's. That's, that's, really, yeah, that, that's cool. Go ahead, Andrew. No, go ahead. Oh, I was, I was going to say, so you kind of mentioned the Wolf of Wall Street. And then, you know, I, I, when I think of going to the, the, the Buffett meeting or the Berkshire meeting, I think of a lot of men around. And we obviously have two young ladies with us. So tell us about like the millennial women investor. Like, what did you experience there? How does that shape maybe where you're going and what you want to do? And Michelle, you were talking about hoping to be, inspiration to to other women in in investing and and we talked off air how i don't think there's enough women in investing i still don't and this is something that we need to correct and i'm hoping you guys can help that and so i guess maybe you could speak to maybe your experiences in investing value investing being women and just kind of your experience with that well thank you so much Dave, for recognizing that and like you said i mean in investing before like as a teenager, when I was first learning about investing, I'd only learn from my uncle and my male cousin a little bit, but not from any female members of my family, even though I learned about money management from people like my mom. So, but when it came to investing, you know, my parents had just put money into mutual funds growing up and didn't really necessarily know the most about investing the way it does either. And so I didn't really have particular role models who were women to kind of learn from. And in my earlier 20s, I was mostly in index funds and then came across this robo-advisor called Elvest. And I was so excited that Sally Krawcheck 
had come out with this platform for women and had women's goals in mind. And I thought that was really cool until I realized that if I'm in just ETFs or index funds, to me, that was a little bit more diversified than what I realized could be advantageous, especially if I wanted high rates of return. So I thought like as much as that's well and great, like for people who maybe are too busy to study individual investing on their own, maybe it's it's good enough if you want basically kind of average rates of return from the stock market. But I thought, can I do better and push myself to try to get above average returns because I would hope to be able to retire earlier someday. So part of what I realized when I came across some podcasts, including Invested with Danielle Town and Phil Town, I was like, wow, like Danielle is trying to figure this out and not just be on the nine to five hamster wheel too. And I was like, she's she's totally on point. I want to be like Danielle Town. And then gradually started learning about more female investors in the space and authors like Laura Rittenhouse, who is a great Buffett style investor as well. And like the more we learn more about this style of investing, the more we found a few more women who are like minded, but I, I feel like to encourage even more women to get into investing, especially if, if they want to do it their, themselves, like Sina and I do, hopefully this might also educate and inspire some people that they can do this. Like it's totally within our capabilities because I know some people might be a little bit fearful and say, what if I lose money or what if I do the wrong thing? But this is all trial and error for all of us. Like neither Sina nor I are financial professionals. We're just everyday working people who are trying to figure this out. So, you know, if people like us can do it, I think anybody can do it. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, with, with females, I, I also think that there's a lot of, of the language within the world investing that can seem like, yeah, pretty scary. What does it all mean with the stop loss and the limit orders and market orders and things like that? So I think that, but but not only for females, of course, but everybody might have that uh, hump they have to get over in order to start investing. But But where definitely females are, you know, with even our role models that we've seen for years in investing are typically male and that's why it's it's important also as as michelle mentioned that there are female role models like uh, danielle town out there that can inspire other men, women or uh, laura rittenhouse cheryl einhorn and and people like that and and of course now we're mentioning a lot of the value investors i even think that someone like what's her name wood from ark investing was her first name you know even though Kathy, Kathy yeah. Even though I don't necessarily agree with that style of investing or what you know some of her funds have invested in, I do think it's super important that there's a female face out there to talk about investing on a massive scale. What's the best way to get started in the market? Download Andrew's ebook for free at stockmarketpdf.com. So I want to kind of dive into this a little bit. So I'm curious from your, your, your points of view, why do you think that there are fewer women in investing than men? Why do you think that, is it a fear of numbers? It is, is it 
is it just sexism? Like just men gravitate towards this where women don't as much. I mean, what, what are your thoughts on why there aren't more women? Cause you know, my opinion is, is the, the, the more brains we put at a problem, the better things are going to get, whether it doesn't matter whether they're men or women, smart people are smart people. And the more, more brains we can put towards fixing problems, the better. I mean, I think it's just a reflection of traditional cultural trends of historically, there's been more people just in this space, like much like engineering or other fields that were male dominated or in Silicon Valley. It's just what in the past tended to be more dominated by males. But slowly, just like we're seeing more female entrepreneurs rise up and, you know, more to me, inspirational people like Sarah Blakely from Spank show that, you know, you could be a, a tremendous success. And, you know, I, I think that we just need to see more examples of women investors embracing this and, and also women just identifying it buying as investors, because, you know, we might think like, we're not professionals. So, you know, maybe we shouldn't say we're investors, but I consider myself an investor and anyone can be an investor. So, I think it's thinking that you can actually do this too. And, you know, maybe it involves going into more classrooms in the school system and saying, hey, girls, like you can be anything you want to be, whether you want to be an astronaut, engineer, you know, there's more emphasis on STEM careers. A lot of that is just, you know, demonstrating that they can do it. And there's been a lot of advancements with like girls that code and things like that, that helps more women, you know, become programmers and things like that. So I think the more that it's shown that it can be done, the more that hopefully people will want to do it. But as with anything, it just takes time to get to that point. Yeah, and I I actually also think there's a lot of women that are investing in the stock market, not necessarily using our style of investing, but but there's not a lot of female role models yet. So I think that's going to come over the years as women get more comfortable showing their face and saying that they're investors. And it's actually become kind of cool. I have a, a very dear friend who I'm also in a mastermind group with where we where we study investing together and share a lot of our investing knowledge with each other. But she's um she's a designer, textile designer and also does a lot of interior decoration decoration. And she was at a meeting recently where she said, you know, when she presented herself, she said, I'm a designer and investor and there was a lot of women that came up to her after and thought that was really cool, which is also, you know, this mix of of being creative and then actually doing something that that is definitely not usually combined with design. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. So, all right. So we've kind of danced around this. So let, let's let's I guess tell listeners what what is your investing approach? Well, I consider it to be. Warren Buffett style investing. And I say that very deliberately because there there could be a lot of notions about value investing. And I try to not say that as much because I'm afraid that um, the more mainstream idea of value investing is just investing in sort of value stocks of, of stocks that are sort of down in the dumps and may not be able to pump out as much cash flow and you're getting them cheap on purpose. Like there's a reason why they're cheap. So some people might think of some value stocks as value traps. And, and so I try to be careful about that because 
it, it sometimes you might pencil yourself into a box and then not be able to get out of it because the, the irony is even though a lot of people call Warren Buffett a value investor, he's actually more of a growth investor. If you look at the kinds of companies he's invested in over the years, like I've seen this in a study that talked about like 73% of his picks or something like that were actually would be maybe by traditional Wall Street means considered more growth stocks. So it's funny how, you know, people have all kinds of notions and ideas. So I just try to say Warren Buffett style, and that can mean slightly different things to people. But to me, it means that I'm trying to study companies and figure out their free cash flows and I use this metric called owner earnings from Warren Buffett that Phil Town and Danielle Town have come out with formulas about on how you go about figuring out what owner earnings is in a company. And then based on figuring out the intrinsic value of a company, we try to get a company at a discount. So, you know, whatever discount amount you want, but ideally to me, 50% off the intrinsic value of a company, which can change all the time. So there's never like a specific final intrinsic value of a company. It's always evolving based on, you know, how their track record is, but that's just a little flavor of, of how I like to think of it as. Yeah. And I, I totally, of course, agree with that approach. And that's also how I'm investing. I look for companies that are winners in their sector. And I do that by, I have a checklist that I use and where I simply uh, spend a lot of time studying a business. So, and then of course, what is also important that Warren Buffett mentions that no matter how wonderful the business is, we want to buy it at a margin of safety, which, you know, in case we made a mistake in our research then we've also bought it at a very, very cheap price. So in case this company that seems like it's a super healthy company, great business, great numbers, actually turns out, no, something disruptive happened or, you know, we we made a mistake when we invested in it. Well, we got it at such a good price that we won't lose a lot of money in case our bet goes wrong. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's, 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 to me, that's the whole idea behind what Warren and Charlie have been trying to teach us for the last 50, 50 plus years. And I, I agree with your idea that the idea of the value investing can mean different things to different people. And Andrew and I talk about, about that a lot on the show, that there's different flavors of value investing. And I think sometimes people get lumped into just, it's all value investing. And it, it is, it's all that, it's all investing. Like, you know, Charlie likes to say it's all investing. It's all intelligent investing. And, you know, I think the idea behind trying to find a great company for selling for less than it's worth is kind of like buying a great car for selling for less than it's worth. And if you follow the same idea, it all makes a lot of sense to me. So why why should we invest now? With everything that's been going on for the last two plus years, why would we want to invest now? Is it our, you know, the market's down, everybody's nuts. The whole the whole world is kind of crazy right now. Why invest now? Well, now is a great time to first of all be learning about investing so you can recognize if companies that you might be interested in investing in could potentially be on sale, if not now, possibly soon, because it's been like a slow unwind, in my opinion. Like, I feel like we're still a little bit in the early innings of a market downturn. Like, you know, we had just reached peak bubble status, and now we're like on the slow downtrend coming down the hill. And 
So there could be some companies that might already be on sale, like how there's been a lot of tech companies that have been sold off. So maybe there are some possible gems in there if you know what the true value of some of those tech companies might be. But then otherwise, for maybe some other companies, maybe they're not on sale enough or they're on an uptrend because current high interest rates are making some financial companies maybe more valuable in this kind of climate. So, you know, depending on how much homework you've done, some stocks could be on sale right now and could be fabulous buying opportunities. And some might still be coming. Like we know that Buffett has sometimes admitted that he's been a little bit early in his investments. Like I think he admitted that in 2008, he was jumping in and that wasn't even the bottom yet. So I think he wishes he had waited a little bit more like Charlie Munger, who seemed to buy Bank of America right in the bottom of March 2009. And he did it like on point, but not that they're market timing, but it just goes to show that we don't always get investing totally perfectly. Like we, we might be a little bit early in buying. So, you know, there were some points where I was already a little bit eager to buy stuff in 2022, but maybe it will be even more on sale this coming year, like here in 2023. So maybe I need to exert some patience and kind of just bide my time. The more that say, if a recession truly manifests, then maybe there'll be more fear, like something happens. If, if like corporate debt becomes untenable at higher interest rates, then maybe we'll see more major companies, you know, have have more concerns of if they're able to maintain business operations. And then that could lead to, you know, fear going throughout the markets about certain companies or industries. And those all could be events that are a possible buying opportunity if you think some of these companies will recover from the fear and then, you know, be better in the future. But those are just some things that you could be on the lookout for as to potential buying opportunities. I think it's it's really cool. It's exciting and I like the idea of trying to find the deals as the market shifts and it's, it's really definitely like a mindset shift. And I think it's it's helpful to hear that from other people because when the market's down, you can start thinking that I'm doing something wrong, but when you have people around you who also understand the long-term nature of the market, you can almost give each other encouragement. I know for me, having Dave for these six plus years to bounce ideas off of with the lens that we have this margin of safety commonality has been really helpful. And you know, both Michelle and Sina, you've talked about this idea of the mastermind, which is also in the name of your podcast. So would either of you like to expound on how having each other and almost masterminding between the two of you has helped you during this market downturn or even just helped evolve you as an investor. Yeah, absolutely. For me, it's definitely, you know, true when, when they say the power of the mastermind, it's such a helpful concept. And I really encourage other people to to do the same. So find some like-minded investors and meet in groups. And if if you don't have anybody near you, then there's many groups online where you can try to find like-minded investors and and set up a group where you can share ideas, you can present business cases to each other, and you can comment on each other's cases or each other's presentations. 
And like you also mentioned, Andrew, encourage each, each other when the market is down right now to really stay cool and be patient and, and wait until there's a great deal on a business. And we've been in a bull market for quite some time. And for us as investors that really like a good deal, it's been rough waiting. And even in that time, having each other to also say, wait and stay on the course and don't jump into something that's too expensive just because you're being impatient is super helpful. And that's where a mastermind can can really help you in learning, encouragement and ca- accountability and things like that. What do you think, Michelle? Yeah, I agree. And and part of the inspiration that Sina and I decided on the name Investing Mastermind came from a lot of these notions we have about mastermind, exactly to what Sina said of, you know, you can get together with people and share ideas so that we improve as investors and can offer basically support. It's like an emotional support group to say, we're not crazy, like for not wanting to invest at the top of this, you know, so-called bubble, you know, it's, it's okay to hold back because, you know, on my YouTube channel, I'd get some people who'd be like, are you investing now? Why are you still 40% in cash? And like, it's exactly like Warren Buffett said, you know, some people will be like, swing you bum in a baseball analogy of, of telling you, why aren't you swinging at that pitch? But Sina and I can reassure each other and be like, no, it's okay. Like, she'll be like, this company hasn't yet come into my margin of safety valuation. I'll be like, oh, that's interesting. Like I put a higher value on it, but you know, we're, we're both okay for having more conservative estimates for what is a reasonable price to pay for business. And also, like when I was also on my YouTube channel, just putting out things that I've learned about companies, someone else would message me and say, hey, do you want to join this Discord group? Like, you know, this other guy also has some ideas about investing. And and that opened up some of my horizon when I joined in that Discord group. And they were talking about some small caps that I had never even entertained because it was at that time outside of my circle of competence. So it can only be a good thing when people, you know, share ideas and expand our worlds because that's how we get better. And And so, you know, it makes me want to ask myself, could I potentially understand some of these small cap companies and maybe I'll join more of their mastermind and, you know, learn more if that's something that I want to grow in. But yeah, it's just, you know, the sky's the limit and it's just been wonderful. Like, you know, the, the funny thing is when you put yourself out there, the universe helps to return some of that to you. So I've made so many friends and Sina has also in, in just being part of this investing mindset. And I think it's just been amazing. And I think Dave, you've you've had some of that with Twitter too, right? I have, yes. It's uh, I definitely 100% agree with what Michelle and Cena were saying. The more that you put out there, the more the universe will give you give it back to you without getting too woo woo y. It, it it definitely the more good vibes and the goodwill that you put out there, the more it'll come back to you. And I've tried really hard to be, I guess, that voice on Twitter and not be so. So Twitter-like, where it can be so you know aggressive and mean-spirited, and you know even if I don't agree with somebody, it's still okay to have a conversation with people because you just don't know where you're going to learn something from. And if you go into it with a closed mind and no think that you know everything and, and everybody else doesn't, then you're gonna you're gonna stunt your your own growth because other people may have different opinions and different views on 
Starbucks or Apple than you do, but that's okay. You know, everybody, you know, when we're investing in markets, we're all, we're all coming at it from a different angle and the markets are comprised of, you know, hundreds of millions of people and we all have different values and different views. But when we come at it from trying to learn something, you can learn something every day. And I do. Andrew teaches me something new every single day and it's awesome. Yeah. And I just want to pick up on something you said there, David, Dave, because, you know, when, when I sometimes visit groups or Twitter threads, it, the, the, you know, it can get kind of toxic in those threads. And, you know, people are pitching an idea about a stock or asking, how come this stock is going down? And then people in the comment field can get really, really mean. And we talked a little bit about women and investing earlier. And I think that's something that makes women feel kind of unsafe when a lot of men are using really rough language, whereas maybe the more male energies, that's kind of okay to rough with each other like that. Um, so so there's just something about the different voices. And I also, you know, I also understand that, yeah, sometimes men can also find it not super cool when there's so many negative voices and it's not fun to be a part of when it's like that. But, you know, we all need to make it a safe space. And I, that's also why I believe the the Buffett style investing is so important. We talked a little bit about earlier how it was at the Berkshire Hathaway annual meeting, Buffett's meeting, where it's kindness and not competition. Yep. I a hundred percent agree with that. And Andrew and I have always tried to come at investing from a, an idea of abundance that there's, there's plenty out there for everybody and there's plenty out there for us to learn from each other. And if you think about Warren and Charlie, particularly Warren, he always approaches everything with such a grace and Charlie can be a little more direct, but Warren is definitely far more graceful even when he's talking about something he either doesn't agree with or somebody he doesn't agree with, he still is a lot more graceful about how he approaches things. And I think that's just a, a better way to try to approach things because you never know, again, where you're going to learn something from someone or how that other person may be able to help you at some point in the future. And if you burn that bridge early on, then th that just destroys another avenue for you and for them. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. And, and that's what helps to stay open minded. Like as much as we talk about what our perception of Warren Buffett style investing might be, it's not the only way to make money or to generate wealth. So, you know, I, I recently came across some other forms of investing from people who like I'd never considered, say, factor investing and using momentum metrics, things like that. But I sort of wonder if it's working. What about that? kind of style makes sense and how does it work? So it makes me want to understand more about seeing how might that be able to help me, even though my fundamental basis is rooted in what the principles of Buffett and Munger were, but maybe they have something figured out that could be helpful too. So I try to remain open-minded as much as possible. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with that. I, I come from I come from a music background and so study guys like Jim Hendrix, Steve Ray Vaughan, Eric Clapton, B.B. King, Jeff Beck, who just passed away. Studying their their playing and mimicking their playing is awesome. But to ever really become your own play yourself, you have to kind of go beyond that. And even reading about Eric Clapton, for example, he idolized B.B. King and he 
played, he memorized all of his solos, but eventually for him to become Eric Clapton, he had to branch out and Jimi Hendrix was the same way. So it's, it's, you know, it's all great that we all study at the altar of Warren and Charlie, but we all have to embrace our own style and different techniques and different things that we can learn from. Andrew and I agree with almost everything, but there are going to be times where we don't always, you know, we have different views on, on different things. And that could be helpful too, because it can, it can open your horizons to different opportunities you may not have considered before. Right. Yeah. 100%. So let's say somebody out there is kind of craving that mastermind idea of connecting with other people like-minded people, what would be the next natural step for them? Well, depending on, you know, who, who you want to talk to, I mean, across many different social media networks, you know, if someone's on Twitter, you probably could message them or comment on some of their posts or the same thing goes with, you know, people who release material on YouTube or Instagram. Like if they wanted to connect with us, there are so many ways that you can message us and reach us. Like, and we also say people can email us if they want. So, you know, there, if, if you're, if you have a will, there's a way to get in touch with someone and say, you know, could you teach me and or or point me in the right direction of some books or people I should check out. So I don't know if that answers part of your question, but Sina, if you want to add to that. Oh, I agree. It's definitely a good idea with some of the, you know, finding like-minded on, on social media. It's a great place to to start. And then, of course, it's, you know, it takes a lot to to then reach out to people so so maybe you know start just a discussion in in the common field and then at some point you might be comfortable to actually reach out and ask hey you know maybe we should do just an online me- online meeting to to do more i'm also just going to pluck my course because <laughs> i i do some courses and a big part of that is actually participating in mastermind groups which is which is a part of that so yeah it's it's so incredibly important and a lot of of the mastermind that I'm in, actually, I I met those people through through courses. Is that also something with, you know, I I know that that you guys also at some point had some some courses and things, and is that something that's a part of of your style too? We we don't do a mastermind right now mm-hmm. per se, but you know, there's obviously immense value in connecting with others who are like-minded and can bounce ideas off of each other. Yeah, absolutely. And it just helps everybody be better, you know, even uh, yeah, even if it's not the same style of investing, there's there's still things to be learned and and taught. So so I really really recommend forming a group and it might start with a few people and then expand. For me what I found is that five people is is enough i would say four four people for me has been sort of the magic number but but not a whole lot of more because then then you just don't get to to take it and and get to hear everyone at the same time so that's my experience to to keep it at sort of three four five people in a mastermind group yeah i 100 percent agree and even if it's just one person i mean it's one of those things one plus one can equal three and you can get way more done with two than with one. And that's just kind of like one of the laws. So So Sina, Michelle, we want to thank you very much for your time and for sharing Mm -hmm. all of these ideas. Sounds like you got a lot of stuff going on online. So 
please tell us about those and how people out there can learn more and get connected with what you're doing online. Yeah. So like I mentioned, we have the Investing Mastermind podcast and you can listen to it on all the popular platforms like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and more. And also when I said people could email us, you can definitely email us. You can reach us at investingmastermindpodcast at gmail.com and also on our social media on Instagram. And I have a YouTube channel that's just my name, Michelle Markey and the word investing. So you can find me there. And you know, I would say that Cena and I are really friendly and I love meeting new people and becoming friends with everyone. So, you know, I hope that's encouraging and I hope some people listening out there will reach out to us because, you know, the only regret anyone should have is not asking the questions that are on their mind because then you don't get to learn and then that's just a little bit sad. So don't be afraid. We're we're super happy to embrace people and, and want to help them on the right direction. So Sina, also, do you want to add to that? Yeah, definitely. So for me, I'm trying to educate people via Instagram, for example. And I also have a blog where I post every week about primarily the Buffett style investing and how you get can get into that. But also sometimes about finance, personal finance in general. The web address is investunista.com. And yeah, so so that's where you can find me. And please feel free also to to reach out on on Instagram if you want to, to learn more about this style of investing. That's awesome, awesome. Well, thank you very much both for your time and for all the work that you're doing. And please keep it up. We need more voices like yours out there. The more, the merrier, and the more that we can help educate people, the better the world is going to be. And I, I really enjoyed today's conversation. So please check out all their stuff. It's definitely worthwhile. I've been watching Michelle's videos for the last couple of days. And I've really been enjoying them. So little little plug there. So please check everything out. Again, go out there and invest with a margin of safety, emphasis on the safety. Have a great week and we'll talk to you all next week. We hope you enjoyed this content. Seven Steps to Understanding the Stock Market shows you precisely how to break down the numbers in an engaging and readable way with real-life examples. Get access today at stockmarketpdf.com. Until next time, have a prosperous day. The information contained is for general information and educational purposes only. It is not intended for a substitute for legal, commercial, and or financial advice from a licensed professional. Review our full disclaimer at einvestingforbeginners.com.